are with us and we are so grateful because if you were not with us, then fewer than 10 people would be listening to this right now. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Pastors of Pain, your weekly check-in with the Catholic community here in uh, Payne County, Oklahoma. Payne, 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 Payne. It's county, so good that county, you're with county, us. County, we are county. a podcast, we're a radio show. I'm Father Brian O'Brien. I'm the pastor of St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church in Stillwater. And I'm here with Father Kerry Wakulich. Pain, 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 County, 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 pain, county. It's like a, like a horror movie. <laughs> Red rum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hi, uh, Father Kerry Wakulich. I'm the uh, pastor at the Hole in the Ground currently, St. John Catholic Student Center. Uh, we got, Our basement is dug. Sewage oh, pipes going congrats. in. Sewage pipes, you don't know how important they are. I do and know how important they are. Because <laughs> sometimes ours get, you remember that one, that was last year, I think, I, there was like a gross smell oh, yeah. inside our house. It was a backed up sewage pipe? Yeah. Oh, okay. So anyway, I'm the, uh, I'm the pastor of the Hole in the Ground Church right next to, right next door to Does that make Boone you an underground picking. church? Ooh, uh, Ooh. Maybe. Like China. Or the Middle East, yeah. the underground oh. church. Oh. No, I think we're sort of a hole in the ground church. But graciously, You're a church the church under construction. Yeah, sir. Uh, you can you can follow all that and see sort of stuff on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and Catholic Pokes, CatholicPokes.com or uh, BuildingSaints.com and all there this stuff. You can see all the uh, the progress. People are showing up for football games. Uh, like a couple yeah, weeks I ago. Went when, to your tailgate. When we played TU, what were we doing? No, I didn't go to that tailgate. I had stuff that whole time. T- TU got beat by UC Davis. Well, they had some guys suspended, and I went to the Missouri State game. Yeah. And stopped by uh, with our mutual friend. Oh, Father Jack Gleason. Former vocation director, oh, Father yeah. Jack Gleason. Uh, OSU grad, class of 85. Uh, Sigma Nu. Snake. Sigma Nu, that's right. Snake, and he worked snake. at the university for a couple years, too. But anyway, we, we stopped by. We saw some people. Yeah, there was. It was and, nice. And you, uh, people can come and uh, take a little tour through the fence. Just stop by. So what and, do we uh, got? We got we got more home games. Kansas State. Oh up. yeah, we're gonna mop them. Six up. p.m. start. Yeah. Six p.m. kick. Ooh, yeah, That'll that's right. We'll see. We'll see how is all that. Trans- Gail Hammersmith yeah. coming. He is. He is coming. I, I'm going to do a is wedding. He staying in the, at the house. He is staying at the rectory. Is that on the schedule? It, <laughs> it is on the schedule, <laughs> but but I, it's not on the schedule. But I have to also go to St. Louis to do a wedding. Oh, that's and right. You're going to he's re- staying. You're he's going to be your guest, and you're not even going to be here. Ah, oh, that's all right. With latchkey kid, he, he grew up in the eighties. No, you're not going to be here. You're uh, Bishop Muckenberg's installation. Oh, I'm going to Reno for our mutual friend and former priest of the Diocese of Tulsa, Bishop Dan Muggenberg, is being installed as the Bishop of Reno, Nevada. Is he no longer a priest of the Diocese of Tulsa? No, he's not. He's a priest of what diocese? Of wherever he's the bishop. Whoa. Right? Yeah, I I guess. When you become a bishop, you're, I mean, you're no longer under the authority what about of your previous bishop? What about a religious priest or bishop? This is not our topic today, but this is very if you're exciting. a priest in a religious order and you <gasps> become a bishop, I you still get to keep your like the initial like SJ or OFM cap. Yeah, but like Pope Francis is a Jesuit. Like Chapu, he doesn't have any Jesuit superiors anymore. Like uh, he is, he is. Like Chapu used to never wear his habit, but the uh, who's the Cardinal Archbishop of Boston? Yeah, O'Malley. Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Sean O'Malley still wears his. Yep, and his. Uh, Sandals, 
Yeah, like moi. Yeah, I guess that's. Uh, you know, it's up to up to each person. Well, okay, wow. okay, that was fun. Well, on on other things, okay, There's ninety on, seconds. You're never getting back. <laughs> uh, on other uh, more important topics, like uh, let me guess, let me get, let me see if I can read your mind I today. Hate it when you guess, I, I just think don't get it. I think sal uh, salvatory glands. We sal, were salvific sal. So there's a there's a lot of times uh, saliva we, saliva glands. We in the church, we in the Catholic Church. Like we're you know we're like professional Catholics, right? Uh-huh. I mean, we this is what this we is my, do. This is my job. And so there's also people like who are you know who are very well versed in Catholicism and our traditions and such. And so sometimes we use phrases that either somebody new to the faith or maybe not as into it right. as we are, or someone who's not a Catholic. Anyway, we use phrases that are not always very well known. Yeah. It's so if I said like economy of salvation or Trinitarian theology or concupiscence <laughs> or, you know, even like transubstantiation, you know, these are kind of words that mean a lot. Even certain saints, you know, if I was yeah. like, oh, I just, you know, oh, I love... I I love Frasati. I love Frisati. blessed Pierre Giorgio Frasati, and you're just like, well, I don't even know what you just said. Yeah, we. So yeah. one of those phrases we were talking about this the other day. We had our little priest. We have a priest support group, and we meet every month, and we were just kind of talking through some of the stuff that's going on at St. John's, where you're trying to help people grow in their faith. Yeah, and you have these like themes, sort of these monthly themes. Yeah, yeah we get together once a month, and re- I don't know if it's your current theme or last month or whatever, but but you said our theme is salvation history. And I think that's a phrase I use that all the time. I've used it in multiple homilies where I'm like, you know, in the, in salvation history, like this is the role that Abraham plays or Moses plays. And then I was kind of like thinking, well, the, the, when I say salvation history, do people even know what that, I mean, if you put it all together, yes, they would get it, but it's not like a phrase that people are using on a regular basis. So that's what I think we should talk about. What? Okay. So define, break up the word salvation history Let's break for it. Me. Let's break it down. Break it down for my fellas. So salvation um, is that by which we are saved. I don't know if you can use the word uh, in the sentence. You can't use the word to define the word? Yes. Love is, is not love. <laughs> we sell. So what? I don't know. How do you define salvation? Sa- salvation. Salvation Webster's is Dictionary. is the victory. Define salvation. Let me look it up. Is the victory won by the cross victory, and res- yes. oh, cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Yeah, it, it is the. Uh, the I'm just, I'm going from my brain right now. I mean, Dictionary.com yeah. defines salvation oh, no. as the act of saving or protecting from harm, risk. Loss or destruction. It, w- it would be say say like one was uh, saving is to ransom in this case, like Jesus ransomed us from death. Or say John Christendom says he destroyed death by his own death. Okay. So salvation is the there's probably a Latin root word for the word for salve, which is like to hail. Or sal like salve can also be like a. Like something that, um, like heals that brings. Oh yeah, like a like a bomb, B A L M. Bomb. Okay, so we we got the word salvation, 
and it, it, it all connects around God's uh, working in history to bring us from our fallen state in Genesis chapter 2, or Genesis chapter 3, the fall of man and woman, and that disobedience. So, so God's plan and his working to bring us back and to restore us to this life of grace, this life of holiness, to, to live as children of God who are made in the image and likeness. So there's God is doing all of these things to save us. And then, and then St. Paul says, um, you are being saved. Oh. Like he does it, he says it's a yeah. one-time act. Yes, boom. There is a definitive act of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Happened which, once. Yep, yeah, boom. And, and then all. and then it's also, um, it has this progressiveness to it that daily we are being saved and being united to God. I heard somebody say once, um, you know, like sometimes people ask, like, have you have you been saved? And I know a priest who uh, he says, uh, he responds, uh, yes, every Sunday. <laughs> and it's, it usually leads to like some confusing, confusing. Yes. Yeah. So he's talking about, you know, that in, in, in the res- like reception of the Eucharist in reception of Holy Communion, I'm, I'm being, I'm being saved. Yeah. I think there's a line from the letter to the Hebrews, uh, that says it's like Hebrews chapter 10. Um, well, you look that up. I'll talk a little bit about uh, the history part. So salvation, we're talking about the means by which we are, the, the victory, the victory won on our behalf by Jesus Christ. And so then the history is kind of how did that come about? So this was a couple weeks ago, I believe it was September the 8th, which is the uh, in, the, in the Catholic Church is the uh, feast of the nativity of Mary, Mary's birthday, September 8th. And the reading, the gospel that day is like the lineage of Jesus. Oh, Matthew chapter one. That this person begot this person. Uh-huh. And this person was born in Uzziah, was born of, you know. The genealogy of Rehoboam. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and that is like, that's a version of salvation history. It tells the story of how, how did Jesus come about? From where did Jesus come? Uh, so but kind of, bi- you know, biologically. Um, but then also... What led up to what made Christ coming necessary? Yes. And in order to understand that, you have to go back to the beginning. So we could say, well, you know what? I mean, what do Adam and Eve have to do with Jesus? And we would say everything. everything <laughs> right? what, did, what did Ab- I mean, Abraham and Jesus, they lived at different times. They didn't have anything to do with each other. False. Right, Abraham had everything to do, which is Moses, the prophets, the patriarchs. Yeah, the men and women of salvation. So there's this whole big history that I think we should kind of go through. If we could, could we give people kind of a, kind of a, like a little mini, uh, like a mini run through? A mini run through? Like, so we start, you know, we start with, we start with Adam and Eve, right? So the early, earliest chapters of the book of Genesis um, Adam and Eve in the garden, they have their, as John Paul II would say, their original uh, unity, original innocence, well, original holiness, original holiness, because there was no sin. There was no sin. And then sin enters the world yep. through freedom, through this couple. Yeah. Freedom to choose. They choose 
to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They choose to become like God and to determine for themselves what is right and wrong. Not good. Yeah, they're not, uh, in not the, good. like Adam is given that command to listen to God. Yep. Obedire, to obedience, to, to listen to God. And whom are you listening to? Yep. Is that, is that, uh, is that problem? Okay. But then, so we go from that, like we got Abraham, uh, sorry, we got Adam and Eve, and then we have their offspring. Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. And yep. then we go into the stories of what, like Noah. Know, Noah. Uh, and then, but then we go to these like, what would you, uh, are they, these are the patriarchs. Well, that, so there's kind of a definitive break. The first, you know, it's like the first 11 chapters of Genesis are Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Noah. Yeah. Right. So there's that whole kind of early part. Then there's this kind of switch. When you get to Genesis chapter 12, we meet this figure, Abraham. Abram. Yeah. And Sarah. Yeah. And that's that story of salvation where uh, Abraham is the, the, the father of faith. I mean, every he's quoted throughout the scriptures as the father of faith, the father of faith, the father of faith, where he literally goes and packs up his entire family and then heads out. Like he doesn't know where he's going. He's being guided yep. to the um, to this promised land that he's been told about. But he's also, you know, it's a, I love it. You know, when it, a, a, they bring Abraham outside the tent, God brings him out and says, Abraham, look up at the stars and count them if you can. One, and, two, five, seven hundred thousand. Your descendants will outnumber the stars. And it says right after that, it says, and the sun, then the sun went down. So it's just this oh, little, nice. like yeah. little bitty thing. Like Abraham goes outside, he looks up and he only sees one star, but the rest is sort of in this cloud because he can't see the rest of the stars oh. during the day. And it's, that is when he enters into this like deep covenant and he goes on this journey with God. You know, he, he's got worldwide blessing. He's got a name and he's got this land that he's going to. Um, and this, this just these giant family that is planned for him. All right, so we go Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Isaac Jacob, Jacob Joseph. Uh-huh. Right, so that's so Isaac is Abraham's son, Jacob and Esau, Isaac's right. son, Joseph and his brothers. Yep. All that in Egypt. Joseph Yeah, they comes, go they goes. go to Egypt. Joseph gets sent there as a slave and then he comes out of Egypt. Coat of many colors. That's right. <laughs> And then he becomes second to Pharaoh in, yep. in Egypt. Yep. And then it's, uh, there's that promise that says, you know, from, I mean, you're looking future and that's where Jesus and Joseph and Mary will go. They'll go into Egypt and it says like, out of Egypt, I, I called my son. Ooh. Uh, so there's, in there is the preparation, the building up of this giant family in slavery so that when this family goes out of Egypt, when the destruction, the, 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 how many plagues are there, Father O'Brien? Real quick quiz. Ten, ten oh, plagues. blast. The ten plagues which destroy the ten blank of Egypt. The ten gods. Oh. Each, each of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Each of them, like the Nile is a god. Each of them is, is a god of Egypt that is worshipped just like the firstborn. That's why I love like when they're going out of Egypt. What's the command that's given to them is to paint blood, the blood of the lamb on the door, on the doorposts. 
it's, and it's like, well, it's a sign of protection. It's going gonna, it's gonna to keep you from getting harmed. Like the menacing angel will come around and kill all the rest of the firstborn. But it's also <laughs> prevents them from coming back. Because as they're out in the desert, you know, and, and they get through the Reed Sea, not the Red Sea. They didn't cross the Red Sea to Saudi Arabia. They crossed the Reed Sea. Jimmy Akins has got this really cool thing of like wind blowing in that region and that rivers would dry out and swell and they still do today. So they cross cool. the Reed Sea yep. and they're headed in and they're like, oh, they start complaining and why didn't you do this to us, Moses? Why'd you bring us out here? Why'd you do all these cruel things to us? And Moses is like, you, you, you want to go back? You can go back. But you painted the blood of their gods on your doorposts of your house. Yeah. You've thrown your cap over the wall. <laughs> you, are not, you are not going back. Yeah. That, because So that's where we get you know Moses in the Exodus. Okay. Right? Then what? Moses, let's see, Moses in the Exodus, Moses in the Exodus. So Moses leads them out and gets them through there, and they give them the Ten Commandments in there. Yep. They build the, so um, they start to, yeah, the, the golden law, calf. The law. Yep. Um, uh, Mel Brooks goes up the mountain and comes down with these 15, I mean, Ten Commandments. Uh, that is there. So there's this, his, you know, so the ups and downs of history, right? The covenant that God makes with his people, mm-hmm, but the mm-hmm. people break that covenant, worshiping the golden calf. Um. And yeah. then, oh, and then Moses Moses strikes the rock, and he's supposed to speak to it that the water comes out of it, and that's where he's banned from going. So Moses uh, never into gets the promise into the promise to the land. Promise land. It's yeah. Joshua who leads. Oh yeah, Joshua, whose name is also Jesus, Yeshua, Yeshua. Yeah, and so it's Joshua that. Gets so all it. this, right? All this leading up to the time of Jesus, but there's but there's more, right? But, Right. So Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, all the way through Abraham, Moses. Uh, I should have brought my Bible timeline along. Uh, then they get they get in the promised land. Yes. So then we have. So right. So but then he gives them the warning. Ups and downs. Yep. Ups and downs. Yep. 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 And then along. So then there's this sort of time of the kingdom. Right. These right. kings come along. Right. So when you read in the read in the Old Testament, you're reading First Kings. Second Kings, like that's why it's called that, right? Because yeah. there's this sort of this kingdom era and judges. Uh, yep, judges. Samuel is in there, um, so we we refer to like David as King David, right? right? So King David, all for all of his ups and downs, he was in the line of Jesus, right? So when we read the the whole history of the the family of Jesus, uh-huh. right smack in the middle of that is David. Yeah, he is. Yep. Even in the genealogy of Matthew, and we should. Oh man, it's so good. I, We're okay. What was yeah. that last week? Like I September eighth was yeah the, the reading. And I re- did you read the whole thing? I always read the whole thing. I oh like good, it. I love it too, because you get there and it stops and it makes these transitions, and it says like from the Babylonian exile to this, mm-hmm. you know, and it lists all the people, and then it begins with David, and it says David whose um, son was Solomon, whose mother was the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And you're like, oh, <laughs> because what? David had Uriah the Hittite killed yep. and then stole um, his wife and then um, produced Solomon. Yep. 
So we have those kings, even in the suggestion of Saul and yep. David. Yep. And then Solomon, and what was it? What came after Solomon? Is that Jeroboam and Rehoboam? Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Rehoboam. Oh my gosh! So anyway, all this. So when we talk about salvation history, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about this long line of people, who some of whom were amazing and heroic, others of whom were bums. Yes. Um. Yeah, because what comes next is. After that, it comes the prophets. Yes. The, ki- the kings and the prophets are overlaid because the the prophets that have a job to make kings, but also correct people like Samuel. Was that Samuel who corrected David? Nathan. A- Nathan. Nathan the prophet yeah. corrected David. And then they're also there to warn him like Jeremiah. Jeremiah the prophet's like, hey, listen, y'all, surrender to the Babylonians. Just go ahead and do it. And they're like, no, we ain't going to surrender to the Babylonians. And... Nebuchadnezzar is like, I'm going to wreck this place if you don't surrender. And Jeremiah tells him, surrender and everything will be all right. And they don't. And they go, you know, Jeremiah gets taken into Egypt. Isaiah gets killed. There's a prophet Hosea, which is one of my favorites, or Baruch. As some people say, well, Baruch yeah. is on fire. Uh, Amos, <laughs> the shepherd prophet. There's all those major and minor prophets yeah. that show up. So that all is a part, all leading to Jesus, right? So all, all. this is going towards yeah, even even the, the Greek occupation, the Lord. even the Greek occupation yep. in the what they call Second Temple Judaism. So we get into the Maccabeans, yes, right, which our Protestant brothers and sisters don't have in their Bibles. Oh, that's unfortunate. They it's should. So sad. They should get it it's in so there. Sad. Pick it up and read it. The Maccabean you're, you're Revolt out. and uh, Hanukkah. That's where we got Hanukkah, the Festival of Lights, yep. uh, the rededication <laughs> of the Temple, uh, Ezra and Nehemiah, the restoration. All those people there. Is that is that? I think that's the story. That's like the bulk of salvation history. What are we missing? Oh, and then it gets right up to. It gets the, right then, up. Then to, we're then we come into the yeah. Then we come into the time of Jesus. So I mean, there's just these series of ups and downs, exiles and returns. Yeah. Uh, you know, the covenant being broken and the covenant being renewed. Uh, it's and and. To make it more personal, lest we think like, oh, well, that's that's all fine and good for those people. Like, look at your own life. Oh, eek. And what do you see? Um, right? Perfect. God's, I'm perfect the whole time. God's faithfulness, despite our unfaithfulness. Our rebellious hearts. So we've been having, really, in a, in a beautiful way, a lot of people uh, like coming back to their Catholic faith after... Some time away. Yes, and what is apparent to these people, and then to me, as like kind of in some in some cases, the instrument of the the person sort of facilitating the, uh-huh. the, the reconciliation is God's faithfulness, despite this person's unfaithfulness. And then I can think, well, gosh, what a why didn't why you you know why'd you do that? And then I think about my own unfaithfulness. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my gosh, the many times that I've sinned, the many times that I've fallen short. Yes. And what does God do in response to my stupidity, lack of discipline? Uh, he brings you back. He is so faithful. I love, I love the covenants and the, the, you know, they talk about the, like, I think it's, there's six covenants in the Old Testament and all of them are broken by us. Yeah. So when you think like, oh my gosh, those dumb 
I can't believe the. Why would they worship a golden calf? And then, hey, folks, look around. Uh, Internet. Look around. <laughs> we've Money. created. We've created gods far greater. There's stadiums, football than, stadiums, and soccer golden, stadiums, and hockey stadiums calf. filled um, with people worshiping their gods. And so, what we can see in the story of salvation history is our own, our own salvation. Yes. And not that everything is all about us, but it, it's very personal. Yeah. God working to save his people. He created them. He wants, yes. And then he wants them. Now, let me, let me throw this one at you. Some people may look at that and they say, well, what about those times when God tried to destroy his people? What about, what about those father O'Brien? What about when, when there was that time when God, God said to Moses, Moses, go down there. I'll give you some new people to start with. Well, then, yeah, well, Noah and the flood and. Yeah. Cricket. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, God is God. God is the giver, the giver, God, the Lord, as Job says, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. And so in God's, in, you know, in God's plan for humanity, there were times when there's time for mercy and there's a time for justice. Yes. Well, you know, some of those stories that we hear in the scriptures, we think like, oh, why, why would God do that? Now, you have to look at like the deplorable conditions of humanity of like, you know, the like the sacrificing of your children to the gods of, uh-huh. you know, the gods of Baal. And also, um, like when Mo- when he tells Moses, Moses, hey, I'll get you some new people. Just let me know. And Moses is like. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Well, he and be, Moses pleads Mo- on behalf of his people. And Moses becomes the man that he's supposed priest. to be. He's supposed to be this man of intercessory prayer, of helping people, of say, helping bring them back. And finally Moses gets off his can and actually starts <laughs> doing, doing some of that. But all these stories lead up. You know, the genealogy is really beautiful in the Gospel of Matthew because the whole story of salvation is wrapped up in Jesus. And, and I, I, uh, some writer said one time, like, it's even wrapped up in Jesus' DNA. Because he's fully God. It's true. He's fully God, and he's fully Born man. Of Mary. Yeah. He has, a, he has a human nature and a divine nature, and they're woven together. So his divinity is really wrapped up in the story of salvation history, along with his humanity. It, uh, salvation it's history, true. It, it's, it's so, awesome. It's so important to know that story because if you if you don't know the Old Testament, then we're going to be completely ignorant of the New Testament. So why would this be? Why would why would somebody in Payne County, Oklahoma, be interested? Why should they be interested in learning more about salvation history, whether through a book, uh, Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in a Year podcast, which hits this theme over and over and over yeah. again. You find your true identity and your meaning for life in Jesus. Ding! Your true identity, Correct. your meaning of life, and what your true goal is, which is to be pulled into this divine relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit now. And forever. And forever. Right. But it starts now. It does. It starts now. Um, so what? And, but then I think the other there's lessons to be learned also. You know, when you when you read the when you read the Old Testament, when you read salvation history, see yourself in that. See your own yes. your own unfaithfulness 
and and God's faithfulness over and over and over and over and over. See your own grumbling. <laughs> yeah, we do it all the time. God, why can't you? Hmm. You want? You know, I want. Hmm, I want this. And God's like, I. Can you look at the forty-eight other things that I've given you today? Yeah. And you're gonna complain about number forty-nine not <laughs> being perfect? Like, come yeah. on. Yes. And that's the Israelites in the desert. They've just they were freed from slavery. And they're in the desert and they're and they grumble. But what does God do? They're they what they're grumbling because they're hungry. <laughs> what does God do? He feeds he them. He feeds them. Right? What do we do all the time? I'm not being fed. <laughs> yes, you are. With the Eucharist, Jesus himself. With the Eucharist, with the scriptures. Ay, ay, ay. The generosity anyway, of others. I say all this thinking of myself and my own, you know, yeah, my own lack of, lack of lots of things. <laughs> but anyway, it's good I have stuff. a list. I have a list here in my it's pocket of <laughs> um, so So read about it. If you're, if you're not listening to the uh, Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in a Year podcast, a good time to start. Yeah. Or buy a Bible in timeline, um, the one that folds out the big like yep, six-page thing. Yeah, from Ascension Press. Oh, it's real um, good. So if you ever see anything about salvation history, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about this beautiful history of how God's people came to be and why Jesus coming to save us was necessary. The history of our salvation, yours and mine, and everyone who's ever lived. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, that's all. Um, we hope you have a great week, great weekend. Go Pokes. Come visit us. Pray for us. And uh, we'll see you very soon, we hope. Peace.